Hey everyone, this is a little bit of a quick introduction before I get into the podcast. I want to say rest in peace, Marvin Hagler. I also want to say happy birthday, Queen Latifah. The date is March 18th. I started recording this this podcast yesterday. Um, anyway, I just want to say thank you guys. I hope you enjoy the content. I talk a little bit about LL Cool J and Cannabis' feud. And uh, I try to end it on a high note with the speech by Marvin Hagler, the, his acceptance into the Boxing Hall of Fame. Anyway, thank you guys for listening, and this is Chase Talks Hip Hop. Let's get it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Chase Talks Hip Hop Podcast, and today I want to talk about the death of Marvelous Marvin Hagler, as well as a few other topics that I have in mind. And uh, regarding the loss of Marvelous Marvin Hagler, um, it's very sad. The dude is a legend. was a legendary fighter. And everything he did in the boxing ring, everything he did in the boxing ring was earned. He was a fucking animal from his fights with fucking Tommy Hearns to Sugar Ray Leonard. He is a just an incredible athlete, incredible, mar, incredible martial artist, boxer, and his story, everything that he he came from. I mean, he didn't get a title shot until he had fifty fucking fights on his record. So, um. Yeah, that's a that's a tough way to get to the title. And there's an amazing documentary on YouTube uh, by Board Films. If you don't know about them, they do amazing sports documentaries on YouTube. I'm a big fan of it. And I got to say, when I heard about the death of Marvelous Marvin Hagler, it sucked because, um, you know, I love to watch boxing footage. And uh, Marvin is spectacular because he's the type of fighter where everything about him is just so strategic but he's in your fucking face the whole time and he doesn't back down and he doesn't have any consideration for bullshit and marvin in all of his fights he put everything into it and that's the kind of martial artist you got to respect and um that's all i got to say you know he's a legend and i send my condolences to his family i know that this is a terrible tough loss and i don't know if this is due to covid complications but maybe I can look at a little article, clarify some things. But either way, the loss of Marvin Hagler is tragic. And, I mean, if you're going to remember him, I think go watch his round with Tommy Hearns. That shit was legendary. And the fact that the guy moved to Italy, became a movie star. And that that's what's pretty amazing. Like, he he is a great boxer. And he got out the right time. He's very smart. And... The way he passed is very sad, but uh, USA, USA Lay said, Boxing champ Marvin Hagler's death not caused by COVID-19 vaccine. Damn. Um, boxing legend Marvin Hagler died March 13th in his home of New Hampshire. He was 66. Many have taken to social media to express their admiration for boxing's greatest middleweight champion and to speculate about the cause of death. Marvin Hagler was allegedly in the ICU fighting after effects of the COVID vaccine, claims a March 14th Instagram post from entertainment news outlet VladTV.com. This claim was also repeated by far-right publication The Gateway Pundit the same day. Is it still a COVID death if the vaccine... All right, so... The thing is, I don't like how they're turning this into a COVID thing. So I just want to focus on his career and, you know, everything. I feel like whenever someone dies, I feel like they kind of, they frenzy on them in a negative way. And some of these articles, I just don't like them. So I'm not going to even read them or consider them or touch them. But I want to talk about Marvin Hagler because to me, boxing is such an integral part of hip hop, integral part of hip hop. And if you really think about it, how many rap lines reference boxing how many rappers reference boxing you know what i mean like you got to think about that like there are so many you know fucking boxing lines in hip-hop and that even double xl has a list there's a there's a bunch of lists out there and i know that nas has a line about marvin Hagler from streets disciple but there's a line by az just like camacho and vargas who's the target now what how we close the market, we both hard hit just like Hagler and Hearns, add the math. So, yeah, th- that's from AZ's album, The Essence, on the song Asiatic, fresh out by Tech 9 In fact, I'm starving like Marvin Hagler, heart of a battle fighter, or get you, get, get you from out, her, out, out of here, hit you, from sta- hit you for standing there, man in here, mine. Oh, damn, Tech is going crazy. But this is uh, Nas. Uh, on essence, no, no, mystical. 
Then rappers' faces after I verbally gat you, beat them like they was Hagler, rip them like no good paper. Damn. Yeah, so so Marvin Hagler has been referenced a lot in hip-hop from already the Rugged Man, um, Tommy Hearns, Marvelous Marvin Hagler with the vernacular, bullets splattering through your kidney and flying out. Um, Jedi Mind Tricks, the reason that I'm fly like the life of bird, I don't care if you're dead, let God have you, because I'm going to stay rugged and raw like Marv Hagler. Powerful, powerful fucking shit. I love that. Um, yeah, Marvin Hagler, it's good that he was referenced this much. And it, the connection between boxing and hip-hop is very fucking strong, and it's always been strong. And I'm going to talk about the connection between boxing and hip-hop mainly, because and that's where I'm going to be going for this podcast. Um, the 20 great rap lyrics for diehard boxing fans. Okay, let's get into this and check out this Double XL article. Yeah, so boxing shares numerous connections with hip-hop. I mean, boxing is competitive, hip-hop is competitive, battling is battling, right? But, um, but like, just to get down to the lines, if you are a hip-hop head, let's talk about, like, these hip-hop lines that pertain to boxing. All right, 50 Cent on Many Men Wish Death. When I rhyme, something special happened every time. I'm the greatest, something like Ali in his prime. I walk the block with the bundles. I've been knocked out on the humble. Swing the ox when I rumble. Show your ass what my gun do. I fucking love that scheme. Uh, Some people hate by Jay-Z. Think they Ali and shit. Ali is probably the number one mentioned fighter. They think... Think they all lean shit. I roll with the punches so I survive. I bob and weave, move my feet from side to side. I'm back stronger than ever. Surprise, surprise. They try to take me out the game, but I'm still alive. Y'all protect your neck. I smoke on the mic like smoking Joe Fraser. The hell razor. Raising hell with the flavor. Terrorize the jam like troops in Pakistan. Swinging through your town like your neighborhood spider, man. Clock, clock keeps ticking. Inspect the deck. ROC just fired by Cameron. It's the top down Glock Palm.com. Get your shit rocked. My like Kasim Rahman. And I'm extra scary. CEO is all the all, all the front and ain't necessary. If I fuck with secretaries, that's definitely a Cameron line. Um Dumb it down. Pimps see the wings on the underground king. Ooh, pimps see the uh, the wings on the underground king, who's also Klingon, so infinity and beyond. Something really stinks, but I spinks like Leon or Lion, lying in the desert. I'm flying on a Pegasus, you're flying on the pheasant. Damn, Lupe is a hell of a lyricist. Um, Victory, Puff Daddy featuring the notorious B.I.G. and Busta Rhymes. And I'm happy XXL did this in catalog. They catalog these lines because... You know, with Marvin Hagler passing, I just, I felt really obligated just to talk about the importance of, you know, culture and how everything is kind of interconnected. Even stand-up comedy, movies, like so much is interconnected with each other. Excellence is my presence. Never tense, never hesitant. Leave a person, leave a person bent real quick, real sick. Raw nights, I perform like Mike, anyone, Tyson, Jordan, Jackson. Action-packed guns, ridiculous, and I'm quick to bust if my ends you, if my ends you touch. That's from Biggie. I can tell by the 504 boys. Now you ain't gotta say much cause I was peeping you. Looking at your hips just got me thinking about how deep in I'm you how deep in you I'm trying to go. You heard about no limit soldiers? How we get up in it and hit it harder than De La Hoya. Okay. You know, uh what is it? I got some good boxing lines myself. Um what is it? My one line I this is I know I gotta big myself up, but uh on my line for as we proceed, I said some amazing shit. Let's see. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, I said, um, let's see. If you go to a position of authority to improve some shit, all the progress gets pushed back inch by inch. Where you down, beat you down. Floyd breaking La Jolla hit by hit. Pineapple Haritos keep these flows like bricks. The quality kilos, they move too quick. Now, if that isn't a bar for me, I don't know what is, people. All I do is give you slick fucking bars. And, um, yeah, you know, I, I have a good fucking time doing what I do or else I wouldn't do it. And, um, I mean, as a, as a hip hop artist, I do reference boxing quite a bit. I reference MMA, martial arts, cause I train, you know, I, I love all of the, all of the arts and they carry such an importance in my life as far as studying them. And I think that everyone should pay attention to, to a degree, you know, there's a lot to it in this music thing, but, um, all I got to say is like, you know, everything is somewhat connected in life. So it only makes sense. But Roy Jones Jr., I've done a podcast about him. You can find it 
on uh I remember what happened was when I I couldn't log into my old podcast uh upload platform. So basically had to create a yeah, like a new setup, yada yada, but if y'all go to the other Chase Talks Hip Hop podcast page, you will definitely find this one. When I beat Bernard Hopkins and won the IBF, the right was hurt. The right was hurt. Beat him with the left. Y'all must have forgot. You remember the left hook that James Tony got? Sucker moved that. I stole from a Gamecock. Y'all must have forgot. Yeah, so pretty much Roy Jones Jr. We got to talk about Roy Jones too because I know we just had that, that fight, the spectacular matchup with Mike Tyson. But Roy Jones Jr., people do forget. He's got bars. You know what I mean? Roy Jones, Roy Jones Jr., as far as, like, athletes who can rap, I put him up there. Like, Damian Lillard can rap. I know Roy Jones Jr. can rap. He can spit fucking bars. And uh, I, I know it. I, I just fucking know it. Um, I don't care if if they model. Bet they all gun chill. First person to cook face on a foreman grill. And you might win some, but you lost one. Kiss, kiss miseducates him like Lauren Hill. I like that line. That's really slick. Uh, the Essence, AZ featuring Nas. Yo, we hard hit just like Camacho and Vargas. Who's the target? Now watch how we close the market. We both hard hit just like Hagler and Hearns. Add the math, be concerned. If it's your beef, if it's beef, you burn. That shit's hard. Um, Put your hands up by LL Cool J. Oh, we got to talk about Mama Said Knock You Out. Damn, cannabis and second. Oh, I'll talk about LL Cool J and cannabis. Um... Put your hands up. Since I dropped, I'm bad. I've been in Jags with Nick with nickel bags. Hoes I had give hoes I had give better blows than Felix Trinidad. Okay. One once I had flew her Benz in from Baghdad with personalized tags, chrome mags, chrome mags and Prada bags. Damn. LL Uzi Pinky Ring. Oh, by uh, the Wu Tang Clan. I smashed set it and wrecked for cash or credit cash credit or check you crash test can't measure the threat i dance on a dude like my name zab judah rap barracuda 3xl kahuna i definitely gotta do a podcast about ll cool j and cannabis because they use a lot of boxing lingo boxing metaphors in their shit and the fact of the matter the song is called 4321 and uh, ll cool j and, and cannabis eventually reconcile their differences and such but yeah, another thing is uh, you got to check out the battle between cannabis and disaster. I'm going to have to do a breakdown. I'm going to have to write that down. Do a breakdown of cannabis and disaster because it has to happen. Because, again, like battle rap, this all ties in. This is why I love talking about sports because it always ties into this for me. Um, this is a line. What's the difference? Dr. Dre featuring Eminem and Exhibit. Yo, I stay with it while you try to perpetrate and play with it. Never knew about the next level until Dre did it. I stay committed while you motherfuckers babysit it. I smash you critics like an overhand right from Riddick. And the reason that's such a dope line is because Razor Riddick was known for a shovel punch and overhand. And uh, that's very dope. That exhibit just like knows the game that much. Dead Wrong, Notorious B.I.G. featuring Eminem. Who's the one you call Mr. Macho? The the head who's the one you call Mr. Macho? The head honcho, swift fist like Camacho. I got so much style, I should be down with the stylistics. Make up to break up. People need to wake up. Smell the Indonesia, beat you to a seizure. Then fuck your moms, hit the skins to amnesia. Damn. Yo, Biggie just like like this is like the lines where he said, Smell the Indonesia, beat you to a seizure, then fuck your moms, hit the skins to amnesia. Okay. You won't see me tonight, Nas featuring Aaliyah. Can't forget how I met you. You thought I was a boxer. Prince Nassim, but I'm the mobster. Nas from Queens. And when I got you, you riding with me. You keep asking, when do you have time for me? Man, that's crazy that Aaliyah was on the record. God bless her soul. Rest in peace. Mm. Rest in peace, Aaliyah. Um, all you old rappers from Tupac against all, all odds. All you old rappers trying to advance, it's all over. Take it like a man. People looking like Larry Holmes, flabby and sick, trying to play or hate on my shit. You eat a fat dick. Fucking Pac. <laughs> yeah, Pac knew how to fuck with people. Nothing but a G thing, baby. Too broke down. People going crazy. All right, we got nothing but a G thing. Dr. Dre featuring Snoop Dogg. 
And that's really the real deal, holy field. And now you hookers and hoes know how I feel. Well, if it's good enough to get broke off a proper chunk, I'll take a small piece of some of that funky stuff. One, two, three, to the four. Snoop and Dr. Dre. And, you know, I remember in high school, I don't remember. I, I had that verse memorized. Back in the day, people, I had damn near the whole entire song memorized. And I was at a party. I was at like a little house party with my friend Corbin. And he threw and I rapped perfectly in front of some people i literally i put the song on wrapped it perfectly and that was my shtick uh rapping that verse i'm not gonna front <laughs> uh boxing freestyle but already the rugged man galota punched riddick bow repeatedly in the dick then he fought mike tyson he bitched out and quit james tony was a scale t- a skilled technician jack johnson beat white boys and fucked their women that is some gang star shit right there. Because Jack Johnson did beat white dudes and fuck their women. Like He was into, like, maybe not fuck their wives, maybe, but he'd be fucking white chicks. He would be. He was living that life and just really not giving a fuck because the amount of racism he was under and the bullshit. They never wanted to give Jack Johnson Johnson his credit. Jack Johnson, damn near, hands down, best fuck, one of the best fucking boxers ever to do it. The game by Common. They try to box me in like Cassius Clay. Hey, I'm like Muhammad when he fasted opposing the fascists. Make cuts and gashes. Scratches over third eyelashes. Punchlines are like jab hits to rappers whose careers are now ashes. It's too many slashes. That's some that's some bar shit right there. Greatest freestyle by Cannabis. Never. I'm way too clever the way I maneuver. Beat your ass like Lennox Lewis did to David Tua. In front of a hundred million pay-per-viewers, your career is ruined. Your face will be swollen like the Behina Buddha. Bring it to you. Prove you're a loser. I don't know if that's directed at LL. I don't know if that's directed at LL. Are people really trying to talk about like a boxing match between Soldier Boy and Chris Brown still? Because um, that's crazy. Um, let's see. But yeah, like boxing and hip hop is pretty amazing because it's again like you have so many connections and shit. You have so many connections in in the music world. And uh, I'm going to play a snippet of an interview from Mike Tyson show where he actually talks about wanting to set up a record label. So I'm just going to play this snippet. I'm a musician. Like I just love watching yeah. a good story of like, you know, how a nigga wrote a song or some shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's inspiring, mm-hmm. man. Did you know Mike had his own uh, record label. Hell yeah, back in the day. What year? Nigga, oof. <laughs> Not in the 90s. The 90s? Who was signed to you? I know you had somebody that I Who know that? was signed I to you. I forgot. Why long the hell time. you forget your damn I artist? For, I forgot. Listen, the reason why <laughs> I, I didn't know anything about somebody <laughs> said Mike. Listen, my, the guy from Jodeci, remember Devontae <laughs> and the guy from Jodeci? Yeah. So he went like this. One day I came home. From prison, right? And so I'm in my Rolls Royce, and I got my caravan behind me. So I'm driving from New York City to Cleveland. So during that process, I got to go up Rochester, Buffalo. So I'm talking to Devontae. So he said, come over. Mm-hmm. I'm in the studio. He got he got all these guys. They're, they're famous now. Genuine, Missy, Magoo, yep. yeah, yeah, Timlin, yeah, all yeah. these guys, right? right? They're superstar, multi, multi millionaires. But right there, they were, they were just little skit bums. They lived in a. So uh, you signed them? No. Oh. Listen, <laughs> this is what happened. This, no, this is what happened. Devontae said, Mike, these are your artists. I said, What? Mm-hmm. He said, No, these are your artists. So I'm out of print. I'm saying, What you mean, these are my artists? <laughs> he said, No, I'm giving them to you. These are your artists. I said, No, I'm cool, man. I'm thinking it's a scam or something. Right. I got this new money, so my mind is twisted. Uh-huh. No, I don't want to be involved with this. I right. don't know anything about To me, a star looked like, what, say, Madonna, Diana gotcha. Ross. Yeah. You know, I didn't think Missy was going to make all these hundreds of millions of dollars. That she don't look sense. like a superstar from my perspective. Uh-huh. She said, I thought Diana Ross would get Mariah Carey. That's what a star right. looks like. Right, 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 right. I didn't know stars were looking different. They changed. That makes sense. You know, I had no idea. Yep. You know, somebody Crazy. like um, Timberland. Right. Yeah. You know, he's an overweight guy. You were gonna, I, he could be a sensation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had no idea. Aaliyah was like super young back yeah. then too, still. like. I remember so. her too. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Listen, I didn't know that. And then after that happened, I saw them blow up. Mm-hmm. I said, whoa, I want to do this. And then that's why I bought a rec- um, uh, Tyson record. I did that shit. Oh, okay. Tyson Records. I spent like $20 million on my record company. Right. And there was no missing in there. Nothing. No genuine. No way, Jose. <laughs> Not even a little bit. How long did you have it for? I don't know for years, but I had such a good. Were time. you going to the studio? Because that would be fun. interesting. Like you in the studio. Sometimes, be I, tight. W- sometimes I would go to the studio. That's what's up. Yeah, 
Hell oh, yeah, studio. get creative, fucking, you know, living that life, bro. Everybody deserves that. So that was a very interesting clip. And in that clip, Mike Tyson was pretty much saying that he had the label, but he didn't really have the time to put the focus into it. And he didn't really see Timbaland, Missy, Aliyah as stars at the moment because of what he was going through, maybe. And the fact of the matter, maybe he just wasn't as passionate about the music business as he was, as he was rightfully so, his career in boxing, you know. And when I'm talking about the, the, connection of boxing and hip-hop it becomes all the more prevalent when we look at certain situations and and like battles and stuff and i think a notorious battle that we need to talk about is uh the the battle of cannabis and ll cool j on the record 4321 and to give a little bit of background on it uh before i let some clips play uh basically ll cool j in, enlisted the help of Method Man, Red Man, DMX, and Cannabis for a posse cut. And uh, this record was called 4321. And basically, Cannabis met up with, with uh, Cannabis and DMX, went into the studio, and Cannabis had a moment to talk to LL, and they were talking about his tattoo, specifically the tattoo on LL Cool J's arm, you know, and you know basically along the lines the story goes is that cannabis was really in awe of the tattoo and that he was praising ll for it and, and even kind of wanted one similar basically the opening lines let me double check because i need to i need to make sure but um the opening lines were along the lines of that microphone on your arm let me take that so basically after that cannabis went back and he changed well no ll cool j phoned him and said hey you need to fix this you need to change this and he he did cannabis did but all the while what happened was tapes were uh starting to circulate of the original record the verse that cannabis had and the ll verse where ll is just pretty much lighting them up and uh if you go through the to the four three two one LL verse like if we go through LL's verse LL goes really hard in the paint uh, dun, dun, dun. let's see so I remember Method Man kicks off the record uh, then we got Cannabis but like pretty much he had to change it like the opening bars were uh, very much different like so the opening bars that he originally opened with was Method where the gods at Red Man where the squad at yo L is that a mark is that a mic on your arm let me borrow that and LL Cool J took the line as disrespect and he changed his verse. This is the thing, LL Cool J literally changed his verse and he subliminally responded to Cannabis. And then eventually, you know, they call and I'm gonna play the phone call. Uh, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna play the phone call after this and then I'm gonna play a clip from the Beef documentary and then I'll come back and talk to you guys. But this is just what I wanna let you know, like LL wrote this verse and he, ch he changed his original verse uh, because of what cannabis did so two verses were changed on this song and there was another version circulating it and they were basically saying like they and they were right to an extent that ll cool j was responding to cannabis on the record because cannabis should have knew his lane and not have done that and it, and it ended up hurting cannabis so hard down the line through uh for his album sales uh, his battle with disaster this has been a huge uh, thing that has haunted cannabis um, this verse was very controversial, LL's verse, I'm reading the annotation. This verse was very controversial when the song dropped. At the time, Cannabis recorded his verse first using bars such as, Yo, L, is that a mic on your arm? Let me borrow that. And I'll snatch the crown with your head still attached to it. LL interpreted the lines as a diss toward himself and asked Cannabis to re-record his verse to exclude these bars. And then recorded his verse dissing Cannabis. And this is not how it is, guys. This is the art of war. You shouldn't have put those lines on and he should have knew how it would be interpreted by LL. This resulted in one of the most famous beefs in hip hop history with both artists making vicious diss tracks towards each other. And, uh, you know, 4321. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Second round KO is some shit. He said some shit on that record. LL responded to second round KO with the Ripper Strikes Back, which is another good diss track. You know... But I gotta say, LL, in my opinion, before we get to the end, in my opinion, LL won the beef. They did resolve this. Uh, LL invited Cannabis on stage down the line. They, they squashed all this shit. It's all squashed. So when we reflect on it, we're simply reflecting on it. 
And uh, right now, I, uh, I'm about to play the actual phone call, and then I'm going to play a clip from the Beef documentary, and then I'll be back for to talk a little bit more and just keep things pushing. Running their fucking mouths, and they the same niggas 
that hate makes a shame, can't stand fucking puppy suburban, and fucking uh, upset at fucking Russell Rush. Hell, you called me, you called me earlier, right? Yeah, I Okay, do you know what I was doing? I was on the internet, okay? But Yo, the internet is, is nationwide, you know what I mean? From LA to Maine, you know what I mean? From Canada to Miami. Now, I'm telling you that in Wyoming, niggas is talking about it. I'm telling you that in in Texas, niggas is talking about it. In North Dakota. talking about it, dog. You get, what you want to do? You want to add fuel to the fire? You want to, nah. like, you want me to, like, you want to address it? I mean, what do you want me to say? You wanna I don't, I don't want to address the situation. I don't want to do what, what, what niggas is out there feeling, yo, cannabis needed. I don't want to do that. That's not what I want to do. What I want to do is I, I want some, somewhere's me and you together doing something somewhere so niggas don't feel that way, man. Because, and you know what's also fucked up? I've been trying to get in touch with you, dude, Chris. Hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. It's always an easy way to do that. It's a very simple way. All we gotta do, if you see, first of all, the reality is mentally and emotionally, are you capable of standing the pressure until it comes the time where we can make something happen, where we can kill a noise? Yeah, man, because all I wanted to do was talk to you. That's all I wanted to do, man. Well, you can handle the pressure. Look, I ain't got no problem. Look, I got love for you, B. And you know what I'm saying? The reality is, that, like, a faggot nigga would say, you know what, I'm not calling that nigga, and if he makes a record about me, it's all good, because it's going to blaze me out on the street more, and I'll address it in my own way underground, you know what I mean? Right. I'm not trying to do that, B. I'm not trying to take advantage of you, and I'm not trying to destroy your reputation, nor get my reputation tatted with a bunch of unnecessary bullshit, black people always looking stupid at each other. Right. All right? But what I'll say is this. All we got to do, you know what I'm saying, is when I get a...
no question. That's what I'm saying. So that's my point, man. So I'm saying to you, man, there's no way. Yo, I just been sitting, man, and been taking, been taking it, dog. You got niggas fucking sticking you with a fork, talking about, yo, you need to write a seven-hour rhyme about L. Right, the bullshit. I know, but yo, you know what? Look, there's more than one way to skin a cat. There's more than one way to skin a cat. You can either try to go against a nigga, or you can get with a nigga. And, and dog, niggas, you should hear what niggas say about you on the internet, man. You, you, on the internet, they talk about you like you God, you know what I mean? And they talk about your reputation, how long you've been around and all of that. Well, let me tell you and niggas is instigating. Yo, dog, first of all, I believe in God. Yo, I, yo, I'm gonna keep it real with you, son. I'm not a, I'm not a cocky nigga. I'm not a guy that's over the top. I'm not caught up in the hype of LL Cool J. It doesn't matter to me. I'm not trying to flash knots on you. I'm not trying to flash gold chains on nobody. I'm not interested in disrespecting you. All I want to do is treat you like a human being and like a man. You know what I'm saying? But I expect to get treated as such. When I heard the record, that's what I felt. You know what I'm saying? Right. After we talked about it, I understood. So I said, yo, change the joint. I didn't try to play you. Right. Put it on my album like that. Right. But niggas ran around with the tape. Now, okay, because I made a move and I felt I was emotional, I can accept that. You made a move that I didn't feel comfortable with. We both did something to each other that didn't work. Now what we need to do is find a middle ground. The middle ground is for us to do a nice little underground joint together and just scream on niggas and just try to terrorize the mic, have them have some fun. you get a nice big up, I'll get a nice big up, and we'll both move forward, all right? was an up-and-coming MC with a reputation for lyricism and a few noteworthy records. Clearly among a handful of promising talent, he was asked to collaborate with Method Man, Red Man, DMX, and Master P for LL Cool J's 4321. L was like a father figure in rap music, and I was just somebody that was coming in the game. I mean, I had done other records prior to 4321, but I was somebody who was coming in the game and was really looking for somebody to be under their wing and and rock with them and tear the whole game down with them from the inside out. As a longtime listener and fan, Cannabis knew that LL Cool J had tattooed a microphone on his right arm. First thing I looked for was the mic. When I saw it, I was like, damn, you know, when you see the mic, and, and you know what it represents, you know that for anybody to put a mic on their arm, when I'm saying that, that, damn, this is my life, or this is something that I, that I do very well, something that I did very well and I'm doing very well, or, you know, it's a statement. While recording 4321, Cannabis wrote a verse suggesting that he wanted to borrow the mic from LL's arm. After hearing Cannabis rhyme, LL recorded a response, potentially creating a battle within the song 4321. Because he couldn't see what was in my heart. If anything, you know, that should have seemed like something that was probably flattering. Nobody ain't took it like that, but L, I guess, you know what I'm saying? Because I don't think cannabis was going. I mean, come on, I know cannabis, I mean, even before he was getting on, cannabis used to just come spit with the squad all the time, you know what I mean? So 
He ain't had that attitude of trying to get on to diss anybody. I know that for a fact. You throw something in the cage, you rattle his cage. He ain't got time to break it down with you, man. I'll take that mic off your arm. No, 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 no. You asked to borrow the mic. Asked to borrow it. He was doing it as a flatter. <laughs> yeah, this is this is the debate right here. LL is a cultural icon. You don't come out your face and no, you don't borrow nothing. You don't say, you lucky to be on the racket. Perhaps trying to avoid an ongoing battle, LL told Cannabis that if he wanted to stay on the track, he would have to rewrite his rhyme. Cannabis agreed and rewrote the rhymes, thinking LL would do the same. He didn't. He took something out of context and he ran with it. You know, it's like he always been that way. You heard Break It Dawn. With Cannabis's mic verse off the track, LL argued that no one would know who he was talking about. But rumors and copies of the original recordings began to spread around New York. The pressure to answer the disrespect mounted on cannabis in an allegedly taped phone conversation widely circulated on the internet. Cannabis was told that the two might publicly squash the beef by doing an underground track together. All cannabis had to do was wait two months for LL to become a Niggas is not running around the country knowing about the situation. You got 50 niggas in New York that are in the industry running around running their fucking mouth. Hell, you call me, you call me earlier, right? Some people, that's how they perceive it. Especially with people that are coming into the rap game. Those opportunities to rock, those are my windows to, to my dream. That was the window to my dream. The fact that you feel and people are pressuring you to feel almost disrespected or slighted to a certain extent. You got niggas fucking sticking you to the fork talking about, yo, you need to write a seven hour round about L-Ride. Are you capable of standing the right, man? You know, I want to die a couple of times, did right, but they can't hurt us. You want me to let the world know the truth? You don't want me to shine. You study my rhyme, then you laser vocals at the mind. That's a pitch move. Cannabis counterattacked with second round knockout. of all time. <laughs> I studied your background, read the book that you wrote, searched your footnotes about how you used to sniff coke, fronting like a drug-free role model. You disgust me. I know bitches to see you smoke weed recently. How can someone proclaim one thing and then off the record do another? You know, uh, if you can somehow point that out, I mean, in a lyrical way, and still keep the emotion going, then that'll make a good diss record. If you really want to show off, we could get it on live in front of the cameras on your own sitcom. I let you pick a verse. Fuck it, I let you kick them all. I'll even wait for the studio audience to applaud. Now watch me rip the tap from your arm, kick you in the groin, stick you for your vanguard award in front of your mom, your first, second, and third born. Make your wife get on the horn, call Minister Farrakhan so he can persuade me to squash it. I say, no, nah, he started it. He forgot what a hardcore artist is. Everybody was really like, uh-oh, like this is it. You know what I'm saying? Like, LL finally met his match. But LL Cool J wasn't finished. Don't ever open your mouth and mention my scene. Talk about 
were excited to hear LL Cool J's return to the battle. He did a lot more with his energy and he seemed more intense and it made it look in balance like, you know, he was a superstar and cannabis is like a young kid coming up. But then when you listen to the content, it was like, I'm not grabbing my nuts saying, yeah, did you hear what he said? Despite the fact that many fans still consider Second Round Knockout one of the best diss tracks in history, the perception was that LL had defeated cannabis in battle. In the long run, L was just too much for him. You know, he just was too much for cannabis, you know? Nobody ever played cannabis out on the mic, indoor, outdoor, you know, on record. Was it LL's aggressive style that put him on top? His iconic status? Nowadays, because of media and things like that, you gotta be careful on who you jump on, because a, a, a company like a Def Jam or somebody at a universal music system, they have more suasion than other companies. I got a mic on my arm too, as a, an ode to the life of cannabis or the, the ambition of cannabis, you know? Whether or not the battle with LL Cool J hurt cannabis's career, it certainly helped LL Cool J's. In fact, LL Cool J even thanked cannabis in the liner notes of his greatest of all time album. You know what, what, what's so fucked up, L? Is like, 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 I always looked up to you, man. You know what I mean? It's L, cause, cause, just like, if, if you were to put yourself in my position, I'm that same nigga that you were when you were 17. You know what I'm saying? So that was a lot to unpack, but overall, you know, it was an interesting feud. And the reason I like to look into it, because it's purely hip hop. It's nothing outside of it, nothing personal. It, it just really was a understanding, a misunderstanding of rhymes. And the way it all ended is unfortunate, but they did resolve their differences. But Cannabis's career was just never the same. And LL is still LL Cool J, he's still successful. And it really was just a blip. A blip in time for him but um it really is a learning lesson to look at it really is because you look at that situation you think damn that all could have been avoided it really could have and this is what i mean when it comes to competition being competitive mc's always being competitive it's just the way it is but um you just got to look at things and see all right well well how, how do we tackle it what's the appropriate way to tackle certain things and i feel like what cannabis did it just wasn't the best move you know simple as that but um, anyway, I'm about to wrap this shit up and get out of here. I just want to say thank you all for listening. I appreciate you all. This is Chase Talks Hip Hop. Make sure to subscribe on every platform you can. Rest in peace to the great Marvin Hagler. And yeah, I don't know what else to say. Uh, more content coming. My Chase Hill website should be up soon. My music video should be out soon. Um, everything. The deluxe edition of my album will be out soon. It's on SoundCloud streaming for free. I'm just waiting to drop it on iTunes, trying to get it promoted. But um, like I said, guys, like just have an awesome day and listen to this speech by Marvin Hagler as this all wraps up. Thank you. Thank you, Al. <laughs> thank you, Rosie. And I also want to thank... Uh, my friend from the uh, the Better Boxing uh, <laughs> Hall of Fame. Um, I know it's been hard, guys. I mean, excuse me. I never, I never thought this would happen to me. Unbelievable. This is simply marvelous. <laughs> you have to excuse me for one minute, okay. Um, I would like to say, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and distinguished guests, I'm speechless. <laughs>
This is an important recognition. To get to this level, I had to fight hard in life and in the ring. Every time, it was a challenge to prove to myself that I can do it. And my determination gave me the strength to go on and store my dreams, which I had promised my grandfather that the world would one day know his name, Hagler. And it will be remembered forever. I thank all the people who have voted for me and who has been faithful and close to me. Also, my mother, I'd like you to stand up, Ma. And also my Aunt Tiny. Would you stand up, please, for me? Yes. She gave me my first bike when I was 12 years old, and I didn't have to steal a bike again. <laughs> and my kids, I love them all. And my family, who has followed me through my whole career. I thank God for protecting me and helped me to come out undamaged from this game. I would love to dedicate this award to my grandfather and my grandmother, who has passed away. I love you both. Of course, I wish that the Petronelli, that Pat Petronelli and Goody Petronelli was here. They have been a big part of my life. They have passed away too. God bless you both. To get to this level today, I am very happy and satisfied. But I am not finished with what the future holds. Thank you all for voting for me in the Nevada Boxing Hall of Fame. God bless you all and enjoy the rest of the evening. And I want to say one more thing I like. I want to congratulate all the inductees. It is an honor for me to sit with all these great champions. And of course, there is my wife. Kay, I'd like for you to stand up for me, love. <laughs> I understand, I understand one thing, and I understand that success is nothing without someone to share with. I love you, baby. Thank you.